episode 24 with Kayla George on the Nine Point Started with the Dream podcast. Welcome to Nine Point Started with a Dream podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Hey guys, this episode we have Kayla George, international basketball player, plays in the NBA as well. She's from Australia. She has a cool personality, like super dope. Love her to talk to. We go through her journey from basketball and what she's doing now with her business, Rummy and Coco. I hope you enjoy, and here we go. What's not like the story with every athlete that like comes on is what was your biggest dream coming about the athlete, or just in general, what was your biggest dream you wanted to achieve? Um, I really wanted to go to an Olympic Games and win a medal. That was my biggest dream. Is my biggest dream. What sport? Any sport, or was it always basketball? Basketball, always basketball. Yeah. Okay. At what age did you start playing basketball? I was eight or nine when I started playing basketball in Australia. Um, but I, before that, I was playing a sport called netball. So um, that's a pretty dominant sport here in Australia. And, um, yeah, I loved it. I still do, but obviously chose basketball, um, which now it's my job. So I'm grateful that all the way back then I chose um, basketball. But, no, I, I do still enjoy playing netball um, when I get the chance. But, um, yeah, decided basketball was more of a... A sport that was I guess at the time more fun you could dribble and you could go all over the court as opposed to netball where you were stuck in your your positions a little bit and so I liked the physical contact of it as well Um, and I was also nine so um, yeah it wasn't really a decision that I knew that was going to really alter my life but I'm glad that I made the decision all the way back then that yeah because my mum was a single mum and at that time and she couldn't take me and my sister to all of our sporting things all the time. So she just asked us to choose a sport and I chose basketball. Basketball. Cool. Cool. So when you decided to take basketball, what was like, how was it like in Australia? I know like in the U S it's like a big dominant sport, but in the U S I mean, Australia, they like netball, like over basketball or the kind of like even playing field or. Um, I guess because netball is only, well, it's dominantly a female sport. I shouldn't say only there are men that play it as well. Um, but it's dominantly a female sport. So with basketball, because we've got both both genders playing, I feel like we're more popular in that regard. But um, netball definitely has a strong following um, and they do really well to get television rights and stuff like that um, here in Australia. And they've got, you know, a great following of their Australian team. So they do really well for themselves. But I feel like basketball, because we've got the men's league here and the women's league, and then we've got, you know, obviously a whole bunch of junior leagues and stuff as well. So I feel like, yeah, they're probably on par the same. Okay, even. Okay. Cool, cool. So you're playing, you're playing basketball at eight, nine. At what point did you think, I want to make this like a career? I want to make this, you know, my job? Well, I didn't really think anything else was an option. Well, probably not at eight or nine, but probably more when I got into my teens and I started playing serious basketball, like for, um, well, in Australia, we have a thing called nationals. So you make your state team. So um, I may, I'm from South Australia. So I played for South Australia and we go to a big national tournament. And so we'd play Queensland, Northern Territory, Western Australia, all of us. So you'd play all the other states. So that was a bit, that's a big deal over here, especially for juniors when you get to play for your state, because it puts you in the running to be exposed to national team selectors to make Australian teams or to go to the Australian Institute of Sport in Canberra, um, which I ended up going to when I was 15. So as I got older and went to nationals, um, I guess I didn't really feel that there was another option. Like I didn't, 
I didn't want another option. I didn't want anything else but that. So it wasn't like, I, oh, yeah, I think I could do this. It was more just like, I'm going to do it. I just had a real determination to be like, no, I'm going to be a basketball player. Um, and I guess it just, I kept working hard and being tall definitely helps. Um, and I guess it just kind of eventuated from that. And my mindset of just, no, I'm going to play basketball. That's what I'm going to do. Kind of just kept yeah. me going. Like I just didn't, cool. there wasn't anything else to me. They're like, what are you going to do when you, I'm just going to play basketball. Cool. So I'm very fortunate enough that I can, you know, be 28 years old and be like, well, yeah, I just play basketball. Oh, okay. So I'm very lucky. Yeah, right. Exactly. Hashtag, what was life? Yeah, so it's exciting. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what helped you kind of get that determination, that type of mentality that this is going to be my life? Like what helped you kind of build that mindset from early age? Or just natural, you think? Um, well, I guess my mum. My mum helped in a lot of my um, younger times, obviously, as they do. Um, but I just, I don't know, it was just so natural to me to play basketball and it just, it just didn't appear, like nothing else was going to come in the way of that. Like I was like, no, I'm just going to play basketball. So I feel like my determination probably... Like, my mum definitely helped along with that. Um, and my sister's pretty sporty, too. Like, she's a, a really good netballer. Um, she's had a, a couple kids now, but she's jumping back into netball again, and she's, she's a really good shooter. Um, so we, we're very – and my dad used to play Aussie rules football, so we've all got a very sporty background. So, um, yeah, I guess just family and my own self-determination, I just got to where I am today. Obviously, with some great coaches and – mum's and dad's support and my sister's support and family obviously but yeah my determination in that aspect what you were saying was just more just me going well I don't want it I don't see myself doing anything else I just want to ask so growing up who's better at netball you or your sister who's better at netball mm-hmm. Ooh. um I'm gonna say my height I'm taller than my sister so that helped but just in case she reads this interview I'll better say that she's better <laughs> all right well I expect that humble you're humble I expect that <laughs> <laughs> so so I know in the U.S. it's more of like you go college really for years and you go pro in Australia is it just like you do the, the like the national stuff and you're automatically a pro or how does that process work Yes, we are a little bit different to the States. So we can go to college if we want to. And I, I had a few colleges um, speaking to me around the time that they do to come over. Um, but like I said to you before, I went to the AIS, the Institute of Sport in Canberra. I don't know if you're familiar with that place. Not are you much. familiar? Right. So, yeah, the Australian Institute of Sports, so like Andrew Bogut, Patrick Mills, Lauren Jackson, all went through this place. Um, a whole lot of other great athletes. I'm just trying to name the ones that you would probably know in America. Mm-hmm. Aaron Baines went through there. Um, who else was the Aussie? Uh, Joe Ingalls went through there. Um, so, yeah, I got there when I was 15. And I was there for two and a half, three years. And it's very similar to a college setup, but there's all other sports there as well, um, national sports. And it's just a big training facility, the best of the best. You know, we've got doctors, we've got a big recovery centre, we've got best courts, big gym, like... Um, and obviously a nice residential area with a big dining hall. So you kind of interact with all other sports. You go to school, you like, it was very much a college scenario. And I just felt after my three and a half years there, I was like, oh, well, I don't really want to do that for another four years in college. Yeah. Um, and I, 
in Australia, like you said before, we have the opportunity to start professional in the WNBL here right away. And at that time, they don't anymore, but at the time that I was there, the AIS, we had a team in the WNBL, the league here. So we would compete against all these girls all the time. So it wasn't like it was going drastically from, oh, I'm an AIS student to like, or scholarship holder to all jumping in the deep end of NBL because we'd already played it for three years anyway. So it was just more about jumping into our own professional teams because obviously at the AOS we don't get paid. So when I was 18, I yeah moved back to Adelaide for two seasons, which is my home city, um, and that was great. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of the, the path that I took. But I could have gone to college. A lot of girls now, probably more so than back in my day, do go to college now, a lot of girls. But it's always been a thing for the, the Australian guys to do that, more so go to college. Um, than to stay and play in the NBL. But there's always that option there for them too. But, yeah, it's kind of like the path. You don't have to go to the AIS, obviously, to go play in the WNBL or anything like that. It's just, it's a good development centre. It's a good development centre, yeah. So when you're growing up playing basketball, who was like your, your idol that you wanted to get mimic or something that you kind of look up to? Um, well, the two Aussies would be Penny Taylor and Lauren Jackson. And then for the men, um, I would say I loved watching Dirk Nowitzki because he's like, you know, seven foot whatever and he just plays inside, outside. And I, I love that. Um, that's, I like to play a bit of inside, outside as well. So I, like, I love watching him play and how, how he I'm just gets Dallas. things done. I'm from Dallas, the Go Mavericks. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I like Dirk. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, Penny Taylor and Lauren Jackson for sure. So it's really it's – really, um, it's awesome to be able to say that I've played with both of them as well now since they were my heroes as a youngin. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Nice. So you're now a, a pro baller. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what's your mindset like? you like, okay, I'm about to, you know, just stay in Australia. I want to just dominate here. I want to go to the United States. What was your mindset on that? Did it make you like a team? What were your thoughts? Oh, when I first, when I was 18, are you talking about my 18-year-old mindset? Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess when I was 18, the big wide world was ahead of me. Um, I just, yeah, was playing basketball, trying to get better and seeing where this game would take me. Um, so I played two seasons in Adelaide um, and then two seasons in Logan in another WNBL team that folded a while back. Um, under Olaf and Sandy, who was Sandy's my Phoenix coach, so I played under them in Australia years ago. And then I went to France for two years, so I got an opportunity. I was told um, not to go to Europe too early. You want to be, you know, ready because it's, you know, far away from home and it's very much a business over in Europe, so you want to make sure you're ready. So I was 22, I think, 22. And I went to Aix-en-Provence and I had another Aussie with me, Mariana Tolo. So that was... That was a lot easier with her there. Um, and we did all right. We did well. We had two Canadians on our team as well. And that was a great experience. I ended up staying in France again, um, but in another team in nantes which is like four hours west of Paris. And that was a cool experience. I had some great girls there as well. Um, and then I came home for two years with the Towns of Fire, where I am now. And um, we won back-to-back championships, which was amazing. So it was definitely worth coming home for. Um, and then I played in Hungary last year got an opportunity to play in Hungary in the EuroLeague in Sopron. Um, and that was cool as well. Met, met some great – I played with Shanice Johnson from Indiana, um, Yvonne Turner, my Phoenix teammate as well, with the two Americans there. 
Um, so that was a great experience. We won the Hungarian championship there as well. So technically I won the two championships here and then won a championship in Hungary. So is that like a three feet? But I don't know. Falling out. Falling out. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, yeah, so I guess playing and just getting exposure wherever I go, for, like the same for anyone, you get opportunities and people see you and then you get, I've got an agent and they get contracts sent to them and then I guess you can say yes or no and, you know, opportunities come and go and you take which ones you think fit you best and that's just kind of how, since I left ours, how it's kind of gone. In Australia or overseas, you know, you just take what, what fits you best. It's not always going to be about the biggest dollar sign for me. Mm. I've got to be happy where I am. Um, I've got to be in a good environment, a safe environment, especially in this time of day. Like, you know, it's a bit of a dangerous world out there at the moment. So it's, you know, safety is a thing. Like I want to feel safe, especially if I'm by myself. Um, well, my husband will be there for a little bit at times, but he comes back and plays basketball and works himself. So at times I'll be by myself. So yeah, I want to feel safe. I want to be able to know that I'm going to get paid, you know, because some clubs don't pay on time or pay at all and you don't want to get in that messy situation so with the basketball world it's good because people talk and you generally know what clubs are good for what so um yeah I guess that's kind of how I live my life just see what opportunities get thrown my way and see what fits me as a player as a person the best and like I said it's not always going to be the biggest dollar signs obviously that's great too mm -hmm. um but it's got to it's got to be a place because you're living part of your life there. If it's in Europe, it's eight months of your life, and that's might seem small, you know, later down the track. But in that moment, it feels like forever. So you want to be happy. And when you're winning too, it it makes it nice too, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> right. Yeah. For sure. So yeah. as this journey going on, have have it always been just the smoothest? Was it always you know just like go here go there we're nice and happy or was there like any like maybe roadblock or anything or um oh for sure oh i apologize if i made it seem like it was just like smooth sailing it's all it's <laughs> the men <laughs> the mental grind at times is very real like in europe wow um i'm a christian so if i didn't have god i would be crazy right now so i definitely turn to him a lot um and he gets me through some really crazy times because um, he just puts life into perspective and just gives me peace. But um, thank goodness for him because honestly, yeah, I'm with you on that. For sure. Yeah, um, roadblocks, roadblocks. Uh, so yeah, I guess just like with the national team stuff with the Opals, um, it's always a bit of a mental grind. Uh, I was I've been in the squad since 2008 the extended squad and I didn't make my first team until 2014 world championships where we won a bronze medal and then a couple of years later last year I made the Olympic team which was amazing that was probably the highlight of my career making that Olympic team um but through these times like it's it's really the the training camps the selection process that it's it's really, it's tough. Um, but to come through that on the other side, I look back and go, wow, I got through it. Like, how did I get through that? Well, now I just look to the clouds and go like, thank you, Lord. But um, the most, the hardest time probably for me was in Hungary last year. Like my president wasn't the nicest person. Um, but in saying that I was paid on time and I was in a safe city. So I was like, all right, I'll just count my blessings. It's all right, just get through this season. It was quite a frustrating, it was probably my most frustrating year to date. 
Um, I'd go home and just cry. I was away from home. I was cold. You know, it's snowing. I'm from the tropical far north Queensland. It's always hot. Um, but, you know, like I just, it was just a really hard time. And, um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about that. It was just a real grind. The grind was real. The grind was real. Really, it was really a job. You know, I never, I don't like to look at this career as, a, it's never really a job for me. It's something I love to do. So it's just basketball. I go training and I'm fortunate to get paid. That's how I see it. Yeah. I don't look at it and go, this is my job. Um, until people go, what do you do for work? I'm like, oh, I play basketball. Oh, that's your job. You get paid. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I do get paid. It is my job. But in Europe, and especially my last year in Hungary, that was probably the biggest grind of my life. And that was a job. That 100% was business, job, job, get in, get it done, go home. Like, for real, get that bucket, was... Get bucket going. Yeah. yeah, honestly. So I'm glad to be home this year, though, because... Um, the season here in Australia, the, the women's season, has been condensed to three months long because Foxtel um, have a TV deal with us. So they wanted us to have a shorter season. So instead of going from October to March, we now go from October to mid-January. And that's just with finals. So the, the regular rounds are finished in December. And then you have like two or three weeks of finals if you go all the way. So crazy short. So we've had super condensed season with, you know, lots of games back to back to back, which is fine because I'm used to that with the WNBA, um, except I play a lot more here. So it's a little harder on the body, but it's fine. Um, I love playing, so I'm not complaining. So when did you decide that they wanted to play in the US? So I've always wanted to. So I had, when I was younger, I had five, five major goals. Um, and that was to play at an Olympics to play at a, a world championships at a senior level because I've played juniors as well for Australia. Um, so I wanted to play at a senior level, a little world champs. I wanted to play in Europe, play in the WNBA and obviously play in the WNBL here in Australia because I was young. So obviously I wanted to play in the Australian League too. I've done all of those five things now, um, which is amazing. And obviously within those five goals, there's obviously goals that branch off of them as well yeah um but yeah the WNBA was a massive main goal of mine to just go and play and experience the WNBA the best league in the world the toughest competitors in the world um so I got the opportunity when was it in 2004 what, what year was it yeah 2015 2015 I went my first year in Phoenix um signed as a rookie so um, it was awesome. Training camp. Um, I obviously knew Sandy from playing back in Australia with her and her husband. She was my assistant coach. So um, being Australian, it made me feel a lot more comfortable as well. So it wasn't like coming into the unknown so much. It was, you know, I knew the sets that they used to run um, and I liked what they were about. So, um, yeah, I decided to, yeah, come over to Phoenix and, they, yeah, obviously welcomed me with open arms. And, yeah, I've never really looked back. Was it an easy transition from Australia Australia to the U.S. for him to just playing or was it just like the game was just the game? And then was anything like... No, it playing? wasn't. It, it's faster. It's bigger, stronger. Like, it's not the same at all. <laughs> There's different little rules in the WNBA, like the three-second defensive rule. I've been stung on that a few times. I've get text fouls for being in the key way too long on defense. Because in Australia, I just park in there and like, you don't, it's not a thing here. Or in any other league in the world, it's not a thing. So over there, that's the thing that I've really got to, you know, be aware of. Um, the t calling timeouts, um, that's a very American thing too. They're calling timeouts middle of the play. Like we can't do that anywhere else in the world but America. So I'm fortunate enough that I don't have the, the ball usually. It's usually the point guard. So. 
<laughs> that's all right. Um, but yeah, the whole, the quickness of the game, it's, it's unreal. Like you guys in America have some great athletes. So um, it's a, it's an unreal league to be a part of. Uh, and um, I'm glad I've been able to experience, you no, know, whatever happens here on out, I'm glad I've been able to experience two years anyway, um, you know, off the goal list tick. Uh, but I'd like to, you know, play a few more years if I can um, in the WNBA. We'll see how we go. Yeah, but it's definitely it's definitely the best league in the world, for sure. Yeah. Ball is life, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag the grind is real. Hashtag ball is life. No. <laughs> I'm going to try to add that in the audience for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try and make up some more. So from your journey so far, I feel like you saying, like, through all the robots and all the good and bad, you said, like, your face kind of been, like, your your rock right your family oh 100 percent, 100 percent. so i guess like my whole life i've had um god in my life um in some capacity uh my mum would always be in my ear and i'd be like all right yeah and people would be like do you believe in god I'd be like, oh yeah my mum prays for me i was you know at that moment i was like yeah she prays for me i'm good blah whatever mm-hmm. and that was like during my teens and stuff and she just constantly always say stuff i'd be like all right mom i got it thank you lord right like and i was a bit you know vague with it um but then i guess you know, as you get older or as you decide to follow God yourself, you really, like, your faith grows. And then I met my husband, my now husband, but when we first met, he was telling me the same stuff as mum. And I was like, oh, gosh, different voice. So I listened. (laughs) And my faith started to stir up again. And I really started to be more attentive. And my faith's just kind of grown bigger and bigger from there. Obviously, no one's perfect in their Christian walk, but I try and be the best Christian I can be. Um, and I, I guess that starts me on my Remy and Coco journey with my business. So Remy and Coco, um, the name, so Coco is my eldest fur child. She's at my feet right now, Coco. Um, and Remy, uh, there's a, a preacher called Kat Kerr and she talks about going to heaven a lot. Like God takes her to heaven in the spirit. And um, she met an angel up there called Remy who looks after all the babies in heaven. So that's where that name comes from. Well, I think that it was Rami, R-A-H-M-E-E, but I didn't want to be for the the life of my business trying to explain to people how to say it. So I decided to spell it how it sounded, Remy. So like, I wouldn't be like, oh, it's pronounced, you know, oh, it's actually this way. So it's a lot easier. It's Remy and Coco, but the name Remy stems from the angel in heaven that looks after the babies, essentially. So that's where I got the name from. so, uh, and then from there I started with candles because candles are, candles are light and they illuminate darkness. And that's kind of my message behind it or just like bringing light to this dark world. So there's candles. And then from then I just, I started making them in my own kitchen. And then from then I just did diffusers, which is like with the reeds in it, soy melts, oil burners. Um, what else do I do? I do love inspired wall prints. Um, and then I just, the apparel was never a part of my plan, like my, business plan but I was like gosh what would be better than having cool design scripture on a tank on a tank top or on t-shirts like I know a lot of people probably do it but I was like my friend's a graphic designer and she does this really cool font she's my Remy and Coco logo and I was like oh this like could you draw this up for me like see how it looks and she drew it up and I was like oh my gosh I love it let's put it on tank it looks super fresh it's modern um you don't have to have like the you know the scripture underneath you just have the actual content of the scripture and um, regardless if people are a Christian or they're like oh what does your shirt say 
So, oh, mm. gotcha, you just read scripture. Seed no. <laughs> <laughs> <Stay> planted. No. <laughs> so, no, it honestly is gotcha. So, it's just about, you know, spreading love and shining a light in this world that can be quite dark. Um, yeah. And for us Christians, I guess it's, you know, it's a cool thing to, to wear to represent what we believe in but it does it's not just for christians like obviously i, I get a lot of people buying my candles and home decor stuff but because i get i do get some people going oh that's a bible scripture I, I can't wear that shirt well you can um it doesn't mean you you can believe what you want um you know we've got free will but um it's it's definitely not you have to be a christian to wear this it's just for everyone it's to spread love that's what my message my business is about um and yeah that's kind of why i did it and i, I loved that i've got this for life after basketball so i've started it now so hopefully by the time i finish in however many years that may be i've built a solid business just to slide straight into you know so i don't have to go oh, what am i going to do after basketball so at the moment it's just a, you know a process i've got other products i want to add um but yeah just slowly building it up to be uh, hopefully a pretty decent sized business and that i can you know live off after i finish playing basketball so, so what inspired you though? Like, is it just like one day you're thinking like, man, it's just like, I wish there was something more I can do to like kind of use my platform. Like what kind of inspired you just to start making candles one, one day? Yeah, I, I love candles and I just was like, I might just try and make my own. So I made like, I think a batch of six, but I made them super strong. Like in candle talk, they call it triple scented, but it just means the maximum amount of fragrance oil you can put in a wax. And I use soy wax. So when you put the maximum amount in, it's called triple scented. Um, so I would do the maximum load of fragrance I could do in the candle. And it was just insane, amazing. I was like, oh, I've done this myself. I made this. I did this. And then my teammates at the time were like, I'll buy one. I'll buy one. I was like, all right, 20 bucks. Like, and I just got a real rush from like selling these candles that I'd made. And so then I, I think I put something on Facebook that, oh, look at the candles I just made for my teammates. And then I had to make a batch of 70 candles for orders. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to need more wax. <laughs> like, what the heck just happened? And then from then, I guess it just started my desire to want to do this business and grow this business and just do home decor and candles and everything that, you know, packs a punch of nice scent and, you know, illuminate darkness. And then, like I said, the apparel wasn't part of the plan, but it came in after, but when I was overseas in Hungary, I couldn't obviously take kilos of wax with me and make candles from Hungary. So but I employed my sister, my older sister, Ebony. So she um, has two kids under three and childcare costs here in Australia are ridiculous. So my sister would go to work and over half of her pay would just go to childcare anyway. So um, it worked for her to work from home and do my candles and run the business for me while I was away. And then she doesn't have to pay for childcare either. So she saves money and then obviously makes money because I'm paying her to do everything. So she's helped me and I've helped her. So she's still currently my only employee. Um, I'd like to build that up soon, but not in the near future, but in the coming months, I'd like to maybe employ my mom or, you know, keep it in the family. Um, just with new business ventures I've got coming in and out. So, um, yeah, very very much like being an athlete and an entrepreneur. And I've got a lot of entrepreneurial ideas that I want to, you know, branch off into as well through Remy and Coco just to keep, you know, shining a light and spreading love and, um, yeah, using this platform because not a lot of people that own a small business have the platform that I have. So not a lot of people get that opportunity. So I definitely am trying to utilise this platform 100%. Um, 
and it's been great. Like I've sent a lot of gear out to like Cappy Pondexter, who's in the league, um, Monica Wright, um, who else has got some stuff come over to our change room this big box and I was just handing out everyone's orders like coaching staff included it was amazing the support I got from from America um and the same here in Australia it's been really great no that's, that's cool just to just see the journey how it just started off you know just one random sample just went mm-hmm. it blew up in itself for you so yeah yeah well I always awesome. wanted to do something business-wise but it's hard to I was like, do I buy it? Like years ago, I was like, should I buy a Subway franchise or what should I do? <laughs> like, that was years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess that wasn't meant to be and it was about building my own brand, which I'm super pumped with, but it's definitely not as easy as it looks. Like it's definitely a lot of hard work. And if I'm not playing basketball, I'm doing something for Romy and Coco. I'm getting mm-hmm. back to emails. I'm starting new products or I'm designing new things. Like it's, yeah. it's full on. Um, and it isn't for everyone, not everyone, you know, it's not, you've got to be really driven. And I guess going back to how you said, you know, what drove you to play basketball, I guess I just had that drive and determination. I was like, no, I'm just going to play basketball. And so I guess it's kind of the same with my business. I'm like, no, I'll just, I'm just going to make candles and do this and add new products and get a website and so much fun. Like that yeah. was, was crazy. I just, I love having that website and having an outlet that people can go and buy my products like that's still to me as simple as it is and how many websites are out there that to me is like so amazing that i built that website and people can buy products that i've made um i love it so well now i lie my sister makes them at the moment because i've employed her so she makes them now but i used to make them you're 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 a ceo yeah i'm ceo creator and uh creative designer no i don't know (laughs) Hashtag boss status. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, 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 so does Remy ship like worldwide or like is it just mm-hmm. the US and Australia? Okay. Yeah, so, it ships worldwide. Yeah, free shipping okay. worldwide. So. Okay. I'm yeah. about candles then. I need some candles in my life. I'm going to get some. <laughs> yes, get some candles. Yes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> That'd and, be awesome. And, and, uh, and I'll add some links in the bottom of this too. So we would kind of go check it, catch, check it out and see what they're, oh, what they're awesome. yeah. Give a little plug, you know, you. appreciate. Yeah. Well, no there's problem. photos and stuff on the, oh, I mean, you've got my Instagram and stuff as well. I don't know if you follow my Remy and Coco Instagram, you can take any of the photos up there that you need to use, but I don't know what photos do you use photos on these things. Um, I can like, like right now it's kind of like, it's like um, a mixture of like a podcast and, a magazine type so it's like, it's like oh okay both. cool so we can kind of just play with it and just do like a little maybe like a little brochure maybe on the bottom of your of, the, of your article or something like that or your cool. bottom of your podcast and just mm-hmm. give you some plug give you some love for for me awesome well, i hope it. this uh i hope this comes out all right i forget what i've said now <laughs> <laughs> no it's been good it's been good to hear your journey so far so, so you said you had five big goals that you wanted to, that you wanted to achieve, and you've much achieved all five of those mm-hmm. so far. So, 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 what's next for you? Oh, I guess I just retire and have a couple kids. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess for me now, um, within those goals, so like I wanted to, I want to win a medal in the Olympic Games. We came fifth in Rio, and that was the first time in the last four Olympics that the Opals hadn't medaled. Well, the last, they've medaled since Sydney. So there was Sydney, Athens, Beijing, London. Yeah, so they medaled at all of the last four. And so it was really devastating to be on the team that didn't medal. We kind of, we came first and I put, we should have medaled, um, but we um, crossed over to a hungry Serbia. And Serbia played amazing. And 
we lost by two. So that was really hard to come to terms with. And it's, it's, it's like someone died really. It was like, Oh, it was like a grieving process. Cause you, you do all that, that build up to it. It's a journey from back when I was young, like going to yeah. Olympics. My goal was wanting to win a medal, knowing that the Opals is such a, a good, um, it's such a good program. And they won, they Opals win medals. Right. And they had the last four Olympics. So there's expectations on you to win a medal. Um, and I like that expectation because as athletes, we kind of play with that pressure all the time out, you know, as professional athletes, you, that's the pressure, you know, you've got to do this or you've got to win this game, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And so, like, yeah, we, we thrive off that pressure. Well, I do. Like, I like having that pressure. Um, sometimes, most of the time I like having that pressure. Um, but yeah, so I'd like to be able to go to a, another Olympics in say Tokyo is the next one. Cause I'd like to win a medal. So my goal now is turn to Tokyo and building to make that team and then to win a medal if I was successful in making that team. So that's my goal in, within that five. Um, I'd like to come back to the WNBA and um, just keep continuing to get better and get more opportunity. When my opportunity comes, I like to just, you know, grab and do great things with it. Um, like anyone would. Uh, in the WNBL, I've played in for what now? This is my eighth or ninth year. Eighth. So just continue to stay consistent here. Um, what else did I say? Oh, the next World Championships are next year in Spain. So it'd be really cool if I was a part of that as well. We won a bronze medal in 2014. So I guess always looking for that silver or bronze, always looking to go better. Um, but yeah, just continuing to... The biggest one out of the five would be to win an Olympic medal because I haven't done that yet. Okay. So that would be my biggest goal moving forward, as well as staying consistent and playing good basketball, basketball that I'm enjoying because it's all about being happy because I feel like if you're happy off the court, you play good basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, continuing to put myself in good situations in my job yeah. so that I can <laughs> play good basketball. And then, yeah, Tokyo to win, try and make that team and then win a medal. Awesome. And then for Remy, what's your, your, your next goal for, the, for that? My next goal for Remy, so would be, it's hard to know what my next, uh, there's a few things that I'd like to do, but it, it depends on a lot of basketball stuff. That do I, if I go overseas, then a lot of that okay. stuff's put on hold momentarily. If I stay in Australia for a little bit longer, then I can, you know, do a lot more things that I plan on doing. So it's more all about timing and my decision making, I guess, with my other job. Um, but I'd love to open up a little store at some point, um, in North Queensland first, and then maybe branch off from that and have other stores around Australia. Um, that's a big goal. Um, yeah. So that's probably when I, when I think big goals for me, I think, yeah, I'd love just to have my own little boutique, um, down the track for sure. And selling all my home decor products. But before that, I've got a few more products that I want to bring into my range, um, as well. And there's other candle scents that I want to add in. Um, yeah. So there's just a few little things. There's other like more clothing that I'm adding in in the new year. Like um, uh, I'm adding in like t-shirts. So I do the tanks for adults now. I just do t-shirts for kids and babies onesies. But I'm adding in um, adult t-shirts and then um, long sleeve hoodies, like light shirts. I don't know what you call them in America, but like t-shirt material, but um, long sleeves but with a hood yeah okay cool cool. i think because i'm in north queensland so we don't really need big hoodies up here so not that it's just for the townsville and cans market but um i just think it's a really cool look and you can wear that underneath a a denim jacket or whatever 
Um, and I always do them extra long as well because um, sometimes I'll wear my tanks as a dress. If I wear the bigger size, it's a bit longer and I can wear it as a dress, mm -hmm. a little T-shirt dress. So, yeah, I'm, they're coming out in the new year, which is, and I'm doing bandanas as well, which is exciting. So there's yeah, just a few little things that I'm I'll, branching I'll, into in, in the next month or two. I'll cop some. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be in order. Ah, oh, legend. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. So what, 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 what's your favorite scripture? My favorite scripture would have to be, um, okay, well, there was my, my one that's been my favorite for the longest is 2 Timothy 1.7, which is actually what's on one of my scripture tanks. So it's for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's probably my all-time favorite. Um, and that was my husband's favorite. That's where I kind of jumped aboard. I was like, oh, my gosh, I love that. I feel like it's so relevant um, and, you know, I get anxiety sometimes and I, I just have to always just, you know, pray it out because it's not of God. Mm -hmm. The fear, the doubt, the anxiety, it's not of God. So I just pray it out and that scripture is a great reminder. But also Psalms 91, it's a massive passage, so I'm not going to, I won't read it and I don't, I don't know it off mm -hmm. by heart, but that's another one that I've been looking at a lot lately. Also, I've kind of worked towards wrapping up a little bit. So... What can people kind of, kind of find you at um, social media wise, website, what's your links or anything we can like list on this? Yeah, I guess like for my Kayla George brand, the basketballer, you can just look up my name, Kayla George. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, but probably more the platform I'd like to shine more of a light on is my Remy and Coco. Um, so I'll just spell it out just for everyone playing at home. It's R-E-H-M-E-E and Coco, C-O-C-O. Um, so I've got, yeah, Twitter, but I don't really use that Twitter too much. It's more just my Instagram and my Facebook for Remy and Coco. And then, of course, my website is www.remyandcoco.com.au, um, AU being the Australian sign, but it obviously is worldwide. Um, yeah, so they're probably the ones that I'd like to plug the most just to, you know, get the exposure of the business out there because it's it's a bigger thing than just, it's not, it's not, of for me it's not i get it is but it's not it's it's to shine a light and to spread the word spread his word you know like i've got scripture on clothing i'm spreading his word so that's what it's about essentially so um yeah i guess over time people have really gotten to know like my my faith is quite strong um which a lot of people didn't really know about me until this business came out um, but anytime anyone asks, like in the media or anything, like, oh, what do your tattoos mean? Or what do you, because I've got tattoos all over my body that are all scriptures or like one of my legs, like a big warrior woman on a horse with a jeweled sword. And it's like fighting in God's army. Like that's me on a horse yeah. with a jeweled sword. Okay. So it's, and I've got Jesus on my leg, like a big face of Jesus. So um, I guess, yeah, it's all about him and everything in life. And that's like hashtag real talk. There we go. <laughs> boom, boom. And yeah. strong. Hashtag real talk. Drops mic. Awesome. It's been great talking with you. Just, to, just yeah, hearing you like, your, your passion and just hearing like your love for Jesus and how it kind of like it's how it kind of propelled you to use your platform you know, for a bigger purpose. So it's yeah. So much, much respect for what you're doing. Well, I wouldn't be here using this platform if I didn't have God anyway. So sure. this platform is because of him. So. Awesome. Got to give it back to the guy, you know. <laughs> Definitely, awesome. Well, I'll let you enjoy the rest of your day out in out in Thank sunny you. Australia, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started with a Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. 
You can find more athlete-driven content at nonpoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.